Have you ever wondered how deep tech companies actually start? Well, we were too. So in this podcast, we'll be interviewing scientists and entrepreneurs that have taken their ideas out of the lab and turned them into startups. I'm Antonia. And I'm Christina. And this is Startup the Science. This podcast is brought to you by Enum Berlin, the innovation network for advanced materials. Bringing together the brightest minds in material science. Visit us at enum.berlin. Hey guys. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to Startup the Science. Thanks for tuning in. Today we will be talking to yet another very high-tech, very sophisticated science startup. And this time from Denmark. And they're called Radisurf. And they actually do, well, from our little understanding of science, they do something similar to VS Particle in the sense that they also work with nanoparticles. So we'll hear from them later. Yeah, adhesion technology. So exciting. They stick things together. Woohoo! That's as little as we understand about their technology. Exactly. Luckily, they'll be actually on the podcast as exactly. well. Exactly. <laughs> Mikkel. Mikkel? We also have to ask about how to pronounce his, his name properly because that's embarrassing. I think it's Mikkel. But it's okay because it's, it's, it's the Danish language. That's how it works. You just don't know how to pronounce it if you're not Danish. We don't have to feel bad. Really? It's true. And we're going to use this opportunity to coax Radisurf to apply for our advanced materials competition, AdmaCom. Exactly, because they promised they would, so they have to. Um, so AdmaCom, as we kind of mentioned in our previous episode, is an accelerator program that we run once a year. We do this every September, October, and it's about two and a half weeks of very intense exhausting but um boot camp boot camp for, <laughs> for startups it's not only exhausting but it's also very valuable for advanced material startups because we do a lot of things in those two and a half weeks such as pitch trainings <laughs> and mentoring sessions workshops of Everything. course yes of course some social events and some fun stuff yeah but essentially it's an accelerator program concentrated in two and a half weeks um, we know that most accelerator programs are much, much longer than that. Some are up to six months. But what we are trying to do is focus on what is most valuable for an early stage startup, such as mentoring sessions with a very broad um, network of technical mentors, business mentors, and also legal advice, because a lot of these startups need some support when it comes to IP. IP. Exactly. Legal protection of their inventions, technologies. So that's what it is, and we hope it sounds exciting. I guess the main value of it really is that it's one of the very few, if not the only, accelerator in Europe that is only focused on advanced material. Yes, and it's right here in amazing Berlin. Not the Texas one. Not the Texas (laughs) or New Hampshire. I did look it up. There's two Berlins in America. (laughs) It's in Germany, the the heart of industrial production of Europe. And so that's definitely part of its appeal. If you are already in Germany, even easier. If not, you get to spend two and a half weeks in this beautiful, beautiful city at a nice time of the year as well, just before it gets cold and depressing. Yeah, there's still a chance of sun. (laughs) All right, so that was our Admacar pitch. (laughs) We're expecting a million applications to follow this announcement. Yep. And now I think we can uh, get started with today's episode and talk to... Mikkel. I'm going to say Mikkel. I think that's how you pronounce it. I think it's Mikkel. Okay, we'll find out. (laughs) So we're going to give him a call. Oh yeah, and in case you're wondering why we always give people calls and why they're not here, it's because most of our startups that we would work with tend to be abroad. We have a wide international network. 
So this one is in Denmark. We've previously spoken to Aiko, who was in the Netherlands. We had Kim in Belgium. And we did have two German startups on our program as well, Stenon and Inuru. And we're very excited because we have a, a small lineup of other startups that are going to be on the podcast soon. And they're from all over the place as well. So Yeah, so yeah. stay tuned. Woohoo. All right, let's give Mikael a call. Hi, Mikael. Hi, Christina. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm, I'm great, definitely, yeah. Before we begin, maybe we can clarify the pronunciation of your name because I think we butchered it in the intro, so... Yeah, how do you pronounce your name? That's a good question. It's pronounced Mikkel. Ah, okay. We, we did kind of pronounce it wrong. Mikkel, okay. <laughs> and your last name? I don't know if I even want to try. That's uh, Kongsvet. <laughs> Kongsvet, okay. Definitely okay, got it we'll wrong. Try. Okay. It's really a Danish name, so it's not really... <laughs> I used to just use uh, Michael instead when I'm abroad. That's a lot easier. Okay, that's fine. So we did kind of destroy it, but it's okay. We'll we apologize. That's <laughs> yes. okay. Cool. So thanks for being on our podcast today. We're very excited to hear more about what you do and the kind of technologies you, you're developing. But uh, before we get started, uh, we wanted to tell you that we're now a little bit less dumb when it comes to this field because in our <laughs> previous for yourself. Episode, <laughs> yeah, we are. Because in our previous episode, we talked about nanoparticles with um, Aiko from VS Particle. So he explained in extremely simple terms what nanoparticles are all about. So hopefully that's kind of a, a bridge to today's episode. So maybe we start off, if that's okay with you, with an explanation as simple as you can make it or a bit more complicated if you wish. For, simple, um, please. Simple. <laughs> simple. <laughs> for what the field is, the field that you operate in, what is it, what are its applications, why should the world care about this? Yes, uh, I'll give it a try. Uh, I heard, uh, heard the last episode and it's really, really nice explanation of nanoparticles. Very, very interesting. I'm not sure if I can uh, if I can copy that explanation into into what we're doing. So, so we are actually it's still nano, but it's a completely different field. So, what we're doing is is instead a, a nano coating technology. So, coatings in general is a, is a question of changing the outer surface of materials. So, any material that you have, the interaction a material has with the surroundings is through the surface. So, if you have the outside of your your car. If you don't do anything to the surface, you have corrosion on the car. So you make a protective coating on that. If you have a, and, and the same goes for any other material, you can change entirely the, the way it functions, the way we interact with the surface through changing the surface. One good examples of, example of nano coatings that has nothing to do with what we're doing is the coatings on, on, your, on your glasses, for instance, to prevent... Like scratches and things like that? Yeah, prevent scratches. Uh, I was thinking about uh, fogging. Um, uh, what's it called in English? I think it's, yes, fogging, like when the glasses fog up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so you have coatings to prevent that. That's a nano coating, essentially, that you put on the surface. So the advantage of using a nano coating on your glasses instead of a thick coating as you use on your car to protect it from corrosion is that you, you need a coating that you can actually look through. You don't need a thick coating that changes the optical properties of, of your glasses. And that's essentially one of the advantages of taking a coating and making it into the nanoscale is that you, you, can, you can play around with coatings that make changes that doesn't necessarily affect the outer, the look of your materials. 
and and the the bulk properties of your materials in the same way as as with a simple painting. Mm -hmm. So by being so thin, you basically don't see or feel them, right? They're almost invisible to to the naked eye, as far as I understand. But they they basically ensure that the product, the material that they're applied on, maintains its properties. Would that be more or less accurate? Yeah, more or less. It's it's a it's a, it's a way of of making sure that you get the properties on the surface that you need without changing the bulk feeling of, of the material, essentially. Okay, so then where does Radiser fit into this context? If, if we're going into what we're doing with nanocoatings, so essentially if you look at the nanocoatings that you, you probably read about through the last past many years, it's typically coatings that are used to spray on, for instance, of the front of your car to make the water drain off easily, self-cleaning coatings on your couch or whatever. There's been a lot of different nano coatings in, on the market that are typically some kind of material you spray onto, onto the surface and then it, it, it somehow changes the properties of the surface. You probably also heard about all of some of the disadvantages with it. it they're often based on, on nanoparticles and stuff like that that you spray on. And the consequences of these nanoparticles getting into, into the air or into your lungs, that's a really unknown field. And there's been some, some unfortunate stories about that. So what we're doing instead is to build the nano coatings in a production phase. So we're not doing any spray coatings. We're doing a surface chemistry that creates a coating on a material surface. And is this what the polymer brushes are? Exactly. Okay. So what we're doing, what we're doing is, is surface chemistry where we change the properties from the surface and up. So we take a, a it could be a glasses essentially that we take and then we, we, uh, we run it through a chemical process where we first we, we make a chemical reaction on the surface to activate the surface. And then we take it through a process where we grow these polymer chains from the surface. So polymer chains, that's essentially uh, single chains of, of plastic materials, you could say. And we grow them from the surface. That means that they will stand up like, like a brush structure on the surface. And that's a way of changing the, both the chemistry and the structure on, of the surface on a nanoscale. And that could make your glasses uh, hydrophobic, and that means they repel water. So you will have water simply draining off the glasses instead of uh, forming a film on, this, on the glasses. Yeah, so, so that's, that's how we actually built these, uh, these structures. So, so that's, that sounds complicated, but also very interesting. I have to admit that the first time we heard of polymer brushes, we actually thought they were some kind of brushes, which is very naive of us. But it's not the very first time I hear of it. So I'm guessing you're not the, the only company working in this field. Is there a lot of competition in this domain? And what is it that you guys do better than others? So the story about polymer brushes actually starts, I think, uh, 30 or 40 years back in science, uh, where the first the first papers on building these structures from surfaces came out. Um, and they've been really used to make a lot of different applications all within science. So you could make all sorts of, of funny coatings that could change the properties. You could make these hydrophobic, hydrophilic surfaces. You could actually make antibacterial surfaces. Uh, all kinds of properties could be changed on the surfaces. But the problem is that this process of growing the polymer brushes is not easily scalable. It's a process that has required inert conditions, extremely clean conditions. So what we have done 
is that we have taken that process and re-engineered the chemistry around it to make it easier to do it in, in an industrial setting. So you could actually do it in, in a factory where you would not have completely clean surroundings. So that's what we've done. And I'm, I'm actually not aware of any other companies uh, who, are, who are doing that yet. There's a lot of science who is moving in that direction. So I'm, I'm expecting that we'll meet competition at some point within exactly this field. But right now, I'm, I'm not really aware of any companies doing exactly what we're doing. Okay. And how did this start? Did it start as a postdoc project for you? or Because it was born within Aarhus University, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's born within Aarhus University. And essentially, it started as a, it was actually a big collaboration project between Aarhus University and Grundfos in Denmark and SP Group in Denmark, two rather large uh, companies in Denmark who had a common interest in bonding dissimilar materials to each other. So, so making a plastic material adhere to a, a metal, essentially, and, and really get a good bonding of that. And the strategy to do that turned out to be to make polymer brushes on the metal and use that to interact with the plastic material in a production process. So we did a we did a science project around that for I think it was a, f- a five year project actually, research project where I did my PhD. So my PhD was around actually the the, the initial functionalization of surfaces, the surface chemistry of that. Not really looking into the polymer brushes actually, but but I was following that project. All right. Um so if I may I would love to sort of venture backwards and talk more about the applications of what you guys do. And I guess in order to properly ask this question, I need to preface it with a little bit of background. Antonia and I were at the ID Tech X show in Berlin a couple weeks ago, and we had the opportunity to share our space with uh, six of our startups, and RadiSurf was one of them. And we had this awesome opportunity to sort of hold what they do in our hands. We got to see it firsthand. And I had what you would call a light bulb moment. The hypothetical light bulb over my head was flashing um, because I, I finally kind of understood what you guys do to a certain extent, of course, because at that point I still thought brushes were brushes. But anyways, it was useful to have them in my hands. Some of them were for medical purposes. Some of them were for electronics. I mean, there are countless amounts of applications for your product. Uh, is it a product? Hmm. But anyways, could you give us your top three applications that maybe you've worked on in the past or recently or in the near future? Uh, I can try. Um, so, so first of all, it, it, you're, you're stumbling a little bit around the, the mentioning of the product because that's really a difficult thing when you're talking uh, a company like this because what we're doing is it's, it's, it's really hard to grasp. Is, is this really a product or what are we doing? So essentially what we do is a combination of a process and a product. Uh, so the the way we do these coding is codings is essentially a process so we're selling a process to our customers so we help them implement the process we help them adapt our chemistry to their needs and then in the end hopefully we'll be able to deliver also the the chemi- the ready mix chemi- chemicals to to run their production but it's essentially a process that we want the companies to implement in their inline productions so therefore, it's it's not really it's it's not a physical product. They would say we're just selling this coding in a 
in a container. You can just apply it or spray it on. It, it's a process that needs to be implemented. To go back to the applications of it, the polymer brushes, we can grow these polymer brushes on various surfaces, on glass, on metal, uh, on carbon materials. And we can change the chemistry of them to, to match different things. And, and the key of what we have been using them for has been to create adhesion between these surfaces and plastic materials. And, and the reason we're able to do that is that these polymer brushes, they actually act sort of like a nano Velcro uh, when combined with plastic. And that creates a really efficient bond. It creates a strong bond, but it more, even more important, it creates a really tight bonding because you're actually creating a, a bonding directly from the metal into the polymer material. So you get an invisible bond between the materials. So if you imagine you have a plastic material uh, and you want to combine that with, with a metal in, in a cool design product, you don't want a, a glue in between your materials. That, that would look like you will have a sort of thick, messy thing in between your materials. You don't want to use a screw maybe because that would disturb your design. So you can actually, in this using our technology, you can actually make an invisible bond between the materials. So you'd see them as, as just a really nice bond line between the materials. So you could imagine using that for, for eyewear, for furniture, uh, yeah, you name it. Uh, design products. So does it, it replaces glue, essentially. Did I understand like that right? Like super, super glue. It's the superest <laughs> of all the glues. Okay. It's, it doesn't replace glue in all cases, but in these cases where I really have the, the, where you have a hard material like a metal and you have a plastic material and want to make that really nice com combination of these materials and you need it to be strong as well, it would be a really good replacement of, of a glue in, in a production process. So, so yeah, it is, uh, in those cases, it's a replacement of, of a glue that you would otherwise use and, and, and essentially create a, a direct chemical bond between your materials. Right. I can imagine quite a lot of applications now that you've, you've explained this part to us. Um, I was thinking actually that it could also be applied in art contexts. You do have that sort of on your website because you talk about design applications. And have, have you already done that? Do you have some examples of how it was used in, in something pretty? Yeah, we, we've done a few test projects with some producers of uh, actually uh, <laughs> kitchen handles, essentially, for... Um, Is it like the, the doorknobs like on... Cabinet? Exactly, okay. doorknobs okay. For, for cabinets and, and so on. Uh, that's, uh, we've done projects in, in collaboration with a producer of those to make new combinations of materials in, in those design kitchens. There's, a, there's obviously a lot of other applications. Uh, so design is, is one thing, but that, that's, that's just because you get that really nice interface between your materials. If you take that into the function of, of getting a really nice interface between your materials, you could go into things like medical devices. So if you have a medical device, some kind of medical device, where you have a combination of materials, there's two things that you want. You want a really safe bonding between your materials, where you don't have a toxic adhesive, for instance, that could leach out toxic chemicals that would be really disastrous. So, so you're really limited in the adhesives you can use. But, but a lot of the adhesives you would normally use, they're not allowed to be used in medical devices because they're essentially there's a risk that they could leach out toxic chemicals in, uh, in the long term. So you want a really safe bonding between your materials. And we create a direct bonding between the materials and that it, it, can't, be, it can't be more safe than that. 
So you have some beautiful applications in design and then some potentially life-saving applications in medical technology. If I was going to, to take the third application, you were asking about three top three applications. Uh, maybe one of the most important that we are looking most into is within electronics and sensor devices. So electronics and sensor devices, there's a lot of different materials used and you have very limited space usually. So you cannot use mechanical bonding between your materials. You're left with, with other ways of bonding materials. And that that means adhesives, for instance. And you also often have the challenge that you need to make your electronics last in, in very, very harsh conditions. If you take electronics used in a car, for instance, that's going to be exposed to changes in temperature, moisture, salt from the from the roads during winter and you name it there's a lot of different things that could potentially damage your electronics so you need to really seal that well off and that's often done by by using coatings of plastic materials for instance and if you can increase the bonding of these materials to the electronic parts you can seal it off much much better and you could create something that's that's going to last for for a longer time that's a, that's a, the third application and probably the most important for us right now cool thank you very much for the explanation i think it was understandable enough <laughs> we seem to be a bit clear on what you guys do now can i ask you perhaps as one of our last questions what makes you most excited about this technology why why do you like it or love it First of all, I think chemistry is extremely fascinating. And the, and the way that you can choose simple chemistry on, on surfaces, you can entirely change the way materials act and the way they're used. I think that's, that's extremely fascinating in its own from a scientific point of view. The second part is that, that by doing this, by being able to make new combinations of materials, we really open new field of, of possibilities for designers of products. So we're really able to enable, enable our customers to think in completely new ways because they're able to, to combine a plastic material with a metal they're not, they, they've never thought about possible in, in their production. So, so we're really enabling some, some really interesting developments in, uh, in the interactions with our customers. So really, I'm, I'm really, Really excited about all the all the dialogue with with the development people in in all different in, in really a lot of different companies and and the way our technology makes them think in completely new ways of of their use of materials. And on that inspirational note, if someone was interested in reaching out to you or finding more information out about RadiSurf, where would they find that information? Yes, uh, so uh, our website is readysurf.com and uh, you can find us there. You can find us on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter. All the channels, you can just search for ReadySurf and, and I guess you'll find us there. That's great. great. And you're more than welcome to reach out to me and, and you can find my email also on the webpage and, and send me an email if you have any questions about what we're doing. We'll make sure to put both your email and your website in the description of this podcast. And just out of curiosity, where does the name Raddy Surf come from? 
Yeah, that's a really good question, and we ask that a lot. Essentially, uh, it's it's the old name of the research project that we were running. So when you make a research project, you always need to make an acronym that says something about the, what you're actually doing. And and what we are doing, and what we're still doing, is actually it's it's a type of chemistry called radical chemistry. That's a very special special react uh, very reactive type of chemistry, and we do that on surfaces. So. That's why it's called Ready Surf. So ah, interesting. Well, we hope to hear this name a lot more. For example, as part of our uh, upcoming accelerator program, uh, and we've already invited you before, but I just wanted to remind you that we've opened applications already. So we'll uh, make sure to send you a link after this, so that you can start your application. <laughs> Great! Thank you so much, Michael, for your time today. This is really interesting. And we know now so much more about this field. Adhesion technology. <laughs> we learn something new in every episode, so we're very happy. Um, thanks a lot. We'll definitely keep in touch. And we'll make sure to forward any questions we get about Radisur Fiore. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mikkel. Bye. Thanks for listening to Startup the Science. If you like our show and want to know more about what we do, check out our website at enum.berlin. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time. 